Welcome to Small Talk Tahoe, an original production of Kids Own Museum. We chat about parenting and play with community experts. Kids Own Museum is a nonprofit children's museum in Truckee, California. Our mission is to inspire learning through creative play and discovery. And our primary programs serve children up to age seven, but our new museum will have expanded space and activities for children ages zero to 110. I'm your host, Helen Pelster. In this episode, we learn more about Sierra Community House and the Close to Home program. Sierra Community House is a result of the merger of four long-standing social service nonprofits. Family Resource Center of Truckee, North Tahoe Family Resource Center, Project MANA, and Tahoe Safe Alliance. On July 2019, these four came together as one organization with the mission to connect and empower our community through family strengthening, crisis intervention, hunger relief, and legal services. The Crisis Intervention Team provides support services to survivors of interpersonal violence, including domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse. We're going to hear today from part of the Prevention Team. They seek to prevent violence in our community through education and community engagement. Their program, Close to Home, is committed to ending gender-based violence through community organizing. So let's listen in. Welcome to Small Talk Tahoe. I'm here today with Ciela Schneekloth. Maybe I said that right. That was great. <laughs> and Kevin Tomlin yeah. of Sierra Community House. And they're here today to share with us about uh, the Close to Home program, which is uh, a program of the Sierra Community House. I guess I'd like to start, before we get into those specifics, um, I'd like to hear a little bit about the organization because we, in the community here, those who have been here for a long time, um, you know, we've heard about the Family Resource Center, we've heard about Tahoe Safe Alliance, we've heard about Project MANA. Uh, I think, Kevin, this might be your department. Yeah, yeah. So um, in July of 2018, all of those organizations came together under one umbrella. Um, and so they essentially decided they got tired of sending the same names and external emails and were like, let's just make it under one email type of thing. And they became their own uh, nonprofit, which is now Sierra Community House. We still do the same things, if not even more. Uh, but now it's under one name rather than multiple, which is great. It makes everything easier for the community and for for us and for uh, California in terms of like grants and things like that, too. So it was a it was a right choice in the right direction for everybody involved. Great. And what's the geographic area that you're, you serve? So we cover uh, Incline, North Tahoe, Kings Beach, and Truckee, um, and then everything in between those those areas as well. So substantially all of North Lake Tahoe. Yeah. All right. Wonderful. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. And uh, Ciela, tell us about your role at the organization here. Yeah. I am the community education and outreach organizer, and so is Kevin. Kevin is focused on the youth, and I am focused on the greater Truckee, on the adults. And yeah, we are running a program called Close to Home, 
which is funded by the um, California Department of Public Health. And Close to Home is a project that is essentially trying to end domestic violence and sexual assault and raise awareness in the area around those topics and open up community conversations to yeah allow a dialogue to happen and share knowledge. Thank you. Well, I became acquainted with you over email and it was kind of fun because it was a Tuesday morning and I, this is still the bane, this is still my Achilles heel. I got off the social media on my phone. I, I, I got off, I don't look at lots of things. I cannot stop looking at my email on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> But sometimes, because sometimes it's a good thing for me. So I finished shopping at the farmer's market and I sat down in my car and, you know, that little boredom, <laughs> like, can I get a little dopamine hit by seeing what's in my email? <laughs> so I pull up my email and I have an email from you both. And I, and I look at it and, and I look up and I said, I, didn't I just see those people? And sure enough, like that. That was you at Farmer's Market in Truckee. That was us. And that was great. That was such a great moment, actually, because we are doing a lot of out outreach and we're trying to put our label out there and have people recognize it. And that is exactly what happened. You, yeah, had an email from us and then that you put one and one together and saw us standing there and just approach us was perfect yeah it was wonderful so what what are you doing at farmers market tell me how that goes so uh farmers market for for us is a is another outreach opportunity uh, the more visibility that we can get within the community the easier it is for people to talk to us and the reason why we want it to be so easy for them to talk to us is so that we can have these difficult conversations that nobody really wants to have and that's that's both the uh, blessing and the curse of our position is that we obviously have to have these conversations, but it's always better if it's from a community point of view, not from a um, advocate to community member type of point of view. And so the more vis visibility that we have within the community, the more people that we can gather for these conversations, the more people we have to have the conversations with, the, the farther it spreads. And so we do a lot of outreach opportunities. We did uh, Music in the Park with Truckee Donner, uh, Regional Park, I think is their full title. DAP letters. <laughs> I, I actually, it's Truckee Donner Recreation and Park District. Ah, see. Yeah, see, because um, Kristen was my very first guest on the podcast. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> um, we did music in the park for them. We uh, we were going to do it for Kings Beach with the music on the beach, but unfortunately, with the the fires that were canceled mm. the two weeks we were supposed to be there. But um, any and every outreach opportunity that we can, uh, we try to take full advantage of it because the the more that we're in the community, the more visibility we get and more people are willing to talk to us as well right and I guess um, part of the reason why we're doing that is because we are trying to start our groups again because um, this project that we're running is supposed to be really embedded in the community this is for the community but also really from within the community. So we're not coming in with an agenda. We want the community to tell us what it is that needs changing. And therefore we're trying to get um, groups together that want to meet on a regular basis, share ideas, share, share stories, and then create a vision for Chucky. And Kevin already has a youth group together 
and I'm working on raising awareness to adults and get adults together to meet on a regular basis. And then the goal is to have both of these groups to join and work intergenerational so they can learn from each other and get different perspective on, perspectives on what needs changing in Truckee. So when we're doing outreach, that is a great opportunity for people to just step by our table and ask us what we're doing, leave their email address, and then we'll follow up with them and meet them on a, in a one-on-one meeting. And yeah. And how might that conversation go? Like say at farmer's market or music at the beach, like someone comes up and they say, you know, hey, what are you doing here? And and what do you say? Um, a lot of what you probably just yeah, told Yeah, a lot me. of what we just said, you know. Like, Hi, we're from Syrac Mew House. We are under the grant of Close to Home. Um, we are here to start conversations with the community about domestic and sexual violence and how to create a violence-free trucking. And we'd be curious as to how the community thinks that we can go about that. So as I'm just supposing as a longtime community member myself, there's there are probably a lot of people who are like, well, we don't have that here. Mm-hmm. Do people, whether they think whether they say it or not, talk less. Can we? Can you share what you think about that mindset and what are the what are the data that? It is interesting because a lot of people that do stop at our table actually stop because they are somehow affiliated with it. They have observed something, they know someone, maybe they have gone through something themselves, they have experienced domestic violence, and that's why they know it is important to talk about it. And that is where we see a lot of the people that stop by our table. And that is great because we want to be there for people that might need resources and be able to connect them if they're going through something. And the goal is also on top of that to reach people exactly the people that say we don't have that here that is not an issue because we want to raise awareness that it is not an individual problem it is an issue that essentially um yeah contains the whole community everyone is affected by it and that is what a lot of people don't know but there is a lot of ways that if one person goes through domestic violence that has effects on the whole community. So therefore it is very important to us to not only reach people that are going through something or have been going through something, but also expand expand that awareness to people that don't know about it. And the other caveat to that situation is a lot of people have this stigma of domestic violence being, you know, the traditional media portrayed, you know, wife beating type of situation, but that's not always what domestic violence is. There's a bunch of different forms of abuse and that's something that we want to educate the community on as well. You know, it's not always a black eye, it's not always a broken bone. It's financial abuse, it's emotional abuse, it's, you know, verbal abuse. It's not always a punch and that's that's the most important thing that we can educate the community on is, is it does happen here, you just aren't looking at the right things. Right, and Kevin, you work more with youth, so mm-hmm. that must be really heartbreaking. What kinds of things do you yeah. see? Um, so the youth that I'm currently working with, a lot of them unfortunately have experience with, with trauma. Um, I have a couple that have had, you know, we were talking about what teen dating violence is and what types of abuse there are, and they're like, oh yeah, I could check that box. And that's, that's the most heartbreaking thing to hear 
you know, as somebody in high school that has these things that I'm educating adults on, where they're like, oh, I think I experienced once this in my youth, and I have youth that are like, yeah, I'm experiencing this right now, type of situation. And, I mean, the, the only nice thing about it, I guess, would be that I have the resources that I can help them out of it, and they're willing to, to get that help, which is great, but it's, it's hard when you're educating them, and then that light bulb goes off in their head. And they're like, oh, this is not a good situation. This is not good. Yeah. Like, they may not have even recognized it yeah. as a situation where they were being controlled. Exactly. Or, right. And this is so important, especially at that stage, to really have that education for them and make them aware. Because they experiencing their first relationships and they will take that knowledge of how a relationship works into the future. And if they are not in healthy relationships and they think that that is the norm, that will have effects on their life forever. So it is very important to educate them already on healthy relationships early on so they can recognize that and hopefully for the rest of their life, um, yeah, have healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. What kind of specific resources do you offer? Um, I think you have a crisis line. Yeah, so we have a, a 24-hour crisis line that anybody is, is welcome to call. It's 100% free, and um, the number is 800-736-1060. Did I put that right? I did, yeah. Good, and I'll for sure put that in the show notes, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, that's, that's always our first go-to when we, when we talk to people. If, you know, if they have any immediate questions, that's the best one to call. There's always somebody on the other line to that phone. Um, so we offer our crisis line. We offer um, legal assistance, and this is your community house as a whole, not just uh, close to home. Uh, we offer legal assistance, family resource assistance, housing assistance, food assistance, any anything with the word assistance behind it <laughs> is something that we can offer. And if we don't offer it, we uh, nonprofits have a really good network where we can always refer them to people that do. So um, we no longer have a, a therapist on staff, but we do contract with multiple in the area, and we can always refer people to that and stuff. And our goal is to help the community, and we've we've done a really good job at laying those roots so that we can still help the community. Excellent. Um, can we talk about kids a little more? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. this is, of course, a kid's own podcast. Yeah, of course. Definitely. Um, do, what do you see in Truckee specifically? You mentioned the teens. Um, you mentioned that it's not always how it might seem. Um, what would shock us? And I don't, and I, I don't mean graphically. I mean a scenario. Uh, it, you know, the neighbor that looks normal. Yeah. That's not. Yeah. Um, um, the I think the biggest thing that we're seeing with teens right now is um, teen dating violence, which is something that, that the youth group is working on changing. And we're, we're having meetings with the administration and the principals on how to do that. And the youth are spearheading that, which is great. But um, that's the biggest thing that we're seeing because that definition changes daily because of the advancements of technology, you know, and, and kids sending nudes to each other are unknowingly participating in, in felonies because it's essentially child pornography at that point and people using it and as revenge, like I'm going to show my friends your nudes type of situation becomes revenge porn. And, and we have all these, these scary titles with these even scarier, you know, okay. You, you got me right there. I'm already shocked. Yeah. Like, yeah. And the kids don't know that what they're doing is it's not just wrong, but it's, it's a felony and it's just fun for them. We're in our youth, but everything on the internet exists forever. 
and they're putting all this out there without the knowledge that what they're doing is, is one, a felony, and two, it's it's damning them for, for their entire adult lives. Right. I um, <laughs> I heard a story about a couple years ago about um, some high school students that I knew, and they were going to the local high school dance, and the advice they gave to to the new girl who hadn't been to one was, well, make sure that you wear really tight clothes because otherwise they can come off in the mosh pit. This was super disturbing to me that this Jesus. is like culturally okay that this can happen at an event that's like you know happening right here in Truckee and I don't mean like rogue kids you know going out and doing their own thing but at at, at you know mm-hmm. a school type event um, pretty pretty worrisome yeah. yeah and that's I mean that's part of the the curriculum that that the kids are spearheading is on rewriting is that this is indeed unacceptable. Right. And unfortunately, the, the administration does what they can, but they're really only seeing the forest and the kids down below are seeing the trees. Mm-hmm. And there's that disconnect between the two. And that's the, the bridge that we're trying to gap. Right. And and that's what our youth group is doing, which is great because, you know, these things do happen and parents don't know it's happening because kids aren't talking about it right. to their parents. And that's, that's where... The adult group is coming in with the intergenerational connection there. If we educate the kids, they can educate their parents, and then adults become educated. Right. And where does your youth group meet? How does uh, one? Truckee High School. Okay, great. Is, is that is, a lunchtime club or? Yeah, um, it's it's both lunchtime and and after class as needed. We're always in contact, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a plot at the community garden where they're growing vegetables. And oh, great yeah, idea! Yeah, they love it, and we're gonna have a, a big barbecue with whatever grows. And right now, it's just gonna be a salad because <laughs> nothing else is growing. A very tasty salad. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, fish doesn't grow on trees. I'm well, sure. yeah, we'll, we'll provide the protein, <laughs> but uh, it's just gonna be right now. It's just gonna be arugula and some aphid eggs <laughs> but they're they're learning you know the consequence of not checking up on the garden often because we've right. gone through a lot of plants but um we meet as often as they need to okay and and want to and that's the best thing about this group is that it's i've organized it so that it's very driven by them mm-hmm. and anything that they want to do i can make happen and so they've taken it in full stride, and they're running with it, which is great. We just had our recruitment event at the high school. At the Club of Palooza? Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, they were playing a lot of music from my mu- youth, which was really weird. It was in a high school listening right. to music I listened to in right. high school. And I was like, oh, my <laughs> Everything God. old's new again. Yeah, I was like, what happened? Uh, <laughs> and uh, we recruited 10 more people that are super excited to join. Yay, and, fabulous. Uh, yeah, they did away with a lot of the reward things that that the group used to do because they're like we want people in this group because they want to change things and if they're just here for their you know the carrot on the stick then they don't really want to be here to right, right. I was like, that is awesome i'm 100 percent on board with that and we got 10 people to sign up you you don't have such a captive audience you don't have adults who are all at school together and that you know can meet at lunch um so how how do you incentivize or how do you encourage people to come together? How do you, what it, what can you do? Yeah, it definitely takes a little bit of creativity. It's a little different than meeting kids in school that do need clubs and have a 
yeah, need a lot of social life. With your adult, obviously, need to, but it's a little different. Um, therefore, the outreach events are very good for me to reach the adults. And we actually have our first small group gathering happening next week where I also invited the youth because I would like them to... Um, yeah, share what they're getting out of close to home. They've been doing this for a little while and they've probably learned a lot. And um, I hope that the excitement from the youth is getting the adults excited about it as well. And then I'm just trying to make the meetings fun. I'll try to bring something creative in. Next week, we're gonna craft a little candlelight. And um, yeah, we will also always try to have snacks and, um, I really can't tell yet what is going to happen at those meetings because the purpose of the meetings is to have the community run it. So I will always bring in some ideas and I will try to spark conversations. But like Kevin is doing it with the youth, we really um, don't want to push an agenda. And um, yeah, whatever will come comes out of the dynamic that the group is forming. And yeah, we'll see what happens next so, week. So you're already meeting. You have community meetings happening in person right now. That's going to be the first one. It's going to, oh, okay, right. It's going to be the that? first one. And we have a few people signed up already. We'll see how many show up in the end. Together with Kevin's youth, mm -hmm. it might be around 10 people, which is already a lot. And then if every one of those person go out and um, just mention it to one more friend or brings in one more um, person then the network will spread and increase and that is really the goal essentially we want to have the whole community connected through this by building relationships and really getting every neighbor every teacher everyone that sits on the town council of Truckee everyone on board so we can when we come go through the faces and yeah build act upon our vision that we then can draw on those relationships and have support from all angles right. and i guess that is actually something we could maybe yeah explain a little bit um, um so the the close to home model works in in four phases is how we have to do it and so the, the first phase is the assess phase, and that is usually in a, a form of data collection. For us, it was a survey. For other communities, it's a door-to-door a -door questionnaire type of thing, but it's always a collection of data. And then from that collection of data, the second phase is the talk phase, in which we talk with the community about, you know, here is the data that we found. And these are the things that you guys were worried about. Um, how do you guys propose we should fix this? And then we talk it over with the community. They come up with a, a solution. Like So for example, um, let's say there's a dark corner where people are being sexually harassed or something of that nature. And we have the data to prove that this is happening. And the people say, well, what if we put in a light and you know make it not such a dark corner? And then so then we move into the build phase where we start looking at how we can do that, what is required to do that, permits and everything else like that, because nothing just happens. <laughs> If only. World. Yeah, especially in Truckee. You, know, you need seven permits just to put a shovel in the ground. And uh, from there, we move into the act phase where everything, once it's completed, it's up, we reap the benefits, um, and then we slowly watch that statistic of violence in the area start to go down. And then from there, the purpose of it is it, it's built like a wheel so that it never stops rolling. So we go into another phase of assess and say, okay, we did that, now how do we fix this? And then with the, the motivation and the momentum of that first one, it just keeps going and going and going. And 
in a traditional sense for close to home, it would be a neighborhood. And unfortunately, Truckee isn't really built like that. So right. we, we got blessed and cursed with the whole town. But in like a, a bigger area, like it first happened in, in Massachusetts. And it was like a, an HOA type of thing that progressed into a nonprofit. But it would be neighborhood to neighborhood. And in you know a perfect situation, once CL and I had finished one or two of these rotations, they would be able to do it on their own. And we would move to the next community. Right. Into the next neighborhood and the next neighborhood and just keep going. And each mm-hmm. community would slowly start to get better as we progressed. And that's the great thing. Yeah, by building these relationships and extending our network, we really hope that eventually it takes on its own legs, basically, and just keeps going. We want people to really see the purpose of this, get motivated, get organized and act upon it. And the assess phase that Kevin just mentioned, we actually just finished that. We did that over zoom online during the COVID phase we send out surveys to the community in order to find out what is it that the community perceives as violence what forms of violence are happening here um, to get a first understanding of that and now we are in the talk phase slowly moving into the build phase with the youth um, but really just trying to open up space to share the data that we've gathered and um, yeah, have open conversations and things that we found in the in the data, for example, was that people do recognize that domestic violence is happening here and they consider that as an issue. But it's interesting when you when we asked about um, language around it, people don't really have an understanding of clear definitions or words for domestic violence, but then when you ask, have you ever witnessed this? People say yes. So it seems like in Chucky, community members know that it's happening and recognize it, but they don't know how to talk about it. And that's where we come in. We want to open space to have those conversations. So in in addition to the survey of community members' perceptions that you gather, are there other data or statistics that can give other parts of the picture of what might be going on here? Yeah. Um, so within the survey, we had a, a wide range of questions of, you know, what, what are the three biggest issues? And uh, the three biggest ones that we found were the, um, could you go to the next one? Go to lower. We're looking at slides oh, here, yeah. but don't worry. Yeah. We're going to interpret them for you here. Uh, nine, go to nine. Yeah, no, sorry, you were just on. Uh, so the three biggest issues were domestic violence, drugs, and economic inequality. And there were there were a bunch of other issues that were within it, and um, we can we can even give this to you to post in the show notes as well. Sure, that'd be wonderful. Thank and, you. Um, but domestic violence was the top, with twenty seven point seven five percent of people recognizing it, and that number is is growing. The more and more we're out in the community, because more and more people are doing the survey, but these number these numbers never actually go down; they just keep going up. And so domestic violence is the biggest thing that they recognized, and drugs was the second, Mm -hmm. and economic inequality was the third. And uh, with the close-to-home model, the education that we have uh, within this organization, there's a lot of intersections that lead to domestic violence. There's never just one right cause of it. Right. Um, And so we believe that all of these factor into domestic violence and have the potential to do it you know and that's to contribute to it exactly and the more that we can talk about it with the community the more that we can stop it before it happens right um as we wrap up 
I want to make sure like important final messages if one you know if people go away from this just remembering one thing what would you what would you ask people to to remember or what action would you ask community members to take we are here to help yeah. it's <laughs> never your fault it's important to have conversations about it and please join our groups. We are at the starts of it and we would love to hear everyone's input. Everyone's opinion is important to us. And yeah, we need to speak to the community. So good. Whoever... if someone wants to reach out online, what's the best way? That is by yeah, giving us a call or sending us an email. Um, I have Kevin's number right here, which is 775-298-0171. Great. I'll put that in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And that you can you can either text that or call that number. Um, you can even fax it if you really want to. It's, <laughs> it's a cool little system that we got. Um, we have a, That scares me. I know, right? It's terrifying. <laughs> But um, and then also, you know, in, in addition to what Ciela said, you know, the most important thing that that we do is is listen. And if there's ever a situation, we have the crisis line. There's always somebody there. And if it's not for you and it's for somebody else, you can still call the crisis line. A lot of people are daunted by calling the 911 number. And so that's the best part about the crisis line. There's always someone there 24 hours, seven days a week. We're not right. even closed on holidays. And yeah, if. We have a lot of resources, and if we don't have the resources, we know how to access them, and we'll connect you. Um, so yeah, with whatever is going on, feel free to call. Mm -hmm. We're here to help. Okay, great. Thank you both. Thanks so much for bringing this really great community information to listeners of Small Talk Tahoe. Thank you for this opportunity. It was yeah, thank you so much. Great meeting you. This was fun. <laughs> Before I let you go, I just want to reiterate that crisis hotline phone number is 800-736-1060. Thanks for sharing your time with Small Talk Tahoe, an original production of Kids Zone Museum in Truckee, California. <laughs>